anyway, let's pod. Let's do it. Hey, I have a thing. I didn't take any notes this watch through. <laughs> okay, cool. Not one. So I, you're, I'm I got leaning some, on you. I, I, got some, <laughs> I got some light stuff, but let's go for it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> All right, well, this is it. Well, we've <laughs> introed. Welcome to No One Likes to Do a Podcast, everybody. The world's, I guess, premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. Hell yeah. It It's certainly a dedicated <laughs> Fast and Furious podcast. I don't know if if it's honestly any more the premiere one. I I think Uh, there are a few other podcasts out there. I don't listen to them. That's not my business. Like, I just, you guys go ahead and do whatever you're doing. But, like, this to me is, continues to be the premiere dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. I actively try to sabotage them. Yes, excellent. (laughs) How about zero star reviews on that iTunes? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, don't do that. Actually, yeah, yeah that's bad. We don't endorse that's that at news. all. That's bad news, bears. Um, yeah, my name is Nick Nocera. Um, I uh, we watch these movies once a week, and then we do like a tight thirty on them, basically. Tight thirty. I'm yeah. My name's Daryl Wong. I've been here. Been watching this movie, and. Um, here we go. How, what season are we on now? 13? 13. Yeah, cycle 13. We watched uh, Furious 7 this week, if I'm mm-hmm. not wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, what'd you think? What did you think about it, man? <laughs> um, uh, I, I really paid attention to the uh, mountain, the mountain scene. This the time? mountain scene is good. Yeah, where they're yep. uh, retrieving Ramsey. Um, if it wasn't before, it certainly was the highlight of my watch this time. Um, right. I think uh, I'll jump around in this scene, but I think the first thing I want to say is that at the end of the scene, um, Dom and Ramsey drive off of a cliff to avoid the uh, impending doom um, at the hand of Bad Day Mose. And they tumble, yeah, they tumble down the rocks, the rock mountain, uh, in their roll cage reinforced challenger. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, their demon love child. Their demon love child, yes. Um, Ramsey wears a helmet through his experience, and Don does not. And. Well, his. He sort of does. (laughs) He's. He wears a helmet shaped head Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and skull on his body. You know, the thing that I wanted to point out about this is that um, in in uh, I guess throughout the series or throughout the late half of the series here, um, it's been uh, rumored. Uh, I'm not sure if it's confirmed, but Dom, uh, characters such as the Dom and the Rock, like they have it in their contracts such that they don't lose fights, they don't like look weak, they don't look like they're in right. pain, and. Right. In that moment there where Dom sort of emerges out of this uh, pile of rubble that was once his demon love child uh, off-road muscle car, that that would be an opportunity where he can act, you know? And he can, like, if we compare that to, like, Fast and Furious 1 where he emerges uh, after the final drag race, he's visibly shook. Right, and the and the weight of the entire movie's worth of drama is sort of captured in 
Dom's reaction at that time. Right, and right, totally. I f- and I think that, like, uh, the way that we have sort of made him bulletproof and extremely uh, strong is actually uh, limits, like, how much he gets to act. And I think, like, he wrecks all these cars, and he should be yeah. able to, like, emerge from those wrecks and show pain. And I think he did that I totally really well. Agree in movie one and as i was watching this and i saw him emerge from this huge wreck of an accident i like that would have been an opportunity where he could do a little bit of acting and i like uh, yeah it's unnecessary for him to I always totally agree. be strong from here well on and uh, like especially after you see that uh at the end of this movie after like he gets crushed by um like 40 tons of concrete mm-hmm you know, yeah. <laughs> and and he's he's literally dead, right. and like Michelle's phoenix tears bring him back to life, and he like wakes up and he's like, "It's about damn time," mm-hmm. right? Like it's a joke. He just wakes know? up. He just right. like wakes up, cracks a joke, and is like, "I'm I'm fucking good now. Let's go sit on a beach and like say goodbye to my dead friend." It would be better, I think, if like I don't know. Even if he like broke a finger, you know, <laughs> like Wogo was like, "Oh my finger," uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like something happened to him that implied some sort of consequences over this, like the physical destruction he faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you, man. All right. Um, if, yeah, if there's a thing that sort of, yeah, if, if there's a thing that Vin Diesel actor can do, like you should be able to play like a guy that got hurt. And that's that adds that dynamic and that contrast between bulletproof and like also gets hurt once in a while. Yeah, totally, totally. And or like you know what the other thing is, what's missing from these movies, and Ramsey even says it in this one. I don't see a drop of fear on you, mm-hmm. right? Like fear. Some fear would be nice. Mm-hmm. The moments I resonate best with me in these movies are when like our characters are a little bit nervous, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually think that makes for great action, like engaging action acting, mm-hmm. basically. Like Brian in the first movie, when he drives with Mia and he has that like special moment in the car and he's mm-hmm. sort of like afraid of her skills as a driver. It's a beautiful moment mm-hmm. when Dom's looks back and sees the truck coming and he's about to like crash like he has that flash of horrible fear on his face Mm -hmm. like it's just incredible you know um i was doing like a bunch of harrison ford rewatching a couple weeks ago like watched a couple of harrison ford's great movies uh which ones were those did you uh oh uh Great question. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, let me not guess. Not to get sidetracked on Harrison Ford. This sure. is not the world's premier dedicated Harrison Ford <laughs> podcast. But um, also, Harrison Ford would be a great addition oh, to, yeah. the, to oh, the two Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like Dom's dad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh! Mr. Toretto. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I could do that. I could do that. That would be great. Um, no, uh, I watched what did we, we watched Witness, which is a fucking awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we watched Witness. What else did we watch? We watched Six Days, Seven Nights, Regarding Henry, uh, 
um, Air Force One. Ooh, nice. And in Air Force One, this is sort of the, goes to, speaks to the point I'm trying to make. Air Force One, he's the president, and he's also like the action star of the movie. But since he's sort of supposed to be a normal guy, Harrison is acting his heart out with like all this fear on on his face. I've never yeah. seen an action star so afraid, right? Yeah, yeah. Throughout the entire movie, and it like is so good. Right, he just is just so incredible. You're so engaged and with him the entire time, you know. Um, and it makes it so that the times he like stands up for himself and by proxy because he's the president stands up for America, like <laughs> it makes it that much more impactful, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, like when he's like, "Get off my plane," mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, dog found some." courage you know and standing up for himself and i feel like because these characters in the tuniverse are so fearless and so confident and so like just calm cool and collected especially dom Mm -hmm. we never have that um pinnacle of you know of like of like the arc the emotional arc of him going through something and coming out the other side stronger Right, he's always just strong, and it's unsatisfying. Totally, completely empty. Hmm. You know, meh. Maybe we'll see in Fast Nine if uh, he has an opportunity to show sort of a different angle here. I mean, I can't wait for this drama or act again. Yeah, you know, you know, Vin, you got it in you. You got it in you. you. We believe. We know. We we know you got know, it. We know you got it in you. You know we got that. You know we got that. You know we got that. <laughs> you know we got that. Um, I I just hope he fucking nails it again. You know, I'm mm-hmm. ready. I'm ready for him to nail it again. I'm ready for him to nail it again. I'm ready for him. He's got another movie coming out. Do you know? Do we know this? Bloodshot. Hmm, I'm not Have familiar with this, this one. Feature? No, is it a comic book movie or where does what's what do we know about it so far? It's got a trailer. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's based on a comic book movie. I could Shit. I mean, based on a comic book, I could completely believe that it the answer is yes. Right. Um He's like just a reanimated super soldier with powers uh. after they killed his wife or something like that. We'll see. I think yeah. I maybe saw a trailer for this. I'm looking at like the thumbnail for yeah, it now. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a he looks like a Lord of the Rings uh, ice person or something. Yeah, something like that. I think it is basically based on a comic book. Because okay. Vin's very into comic books, and I'm sure he was like, "We, I gotta make a movie out of this one, starring mm-hmm. me." Mm-hmm. Starring you know? me. Yeah. But Eliza Gonzalez is going to be in it, who was in who was in Hobbs and Shaw as our um, as our like leader of the Lady Gang. Oh, that they okay. Go to. Cool. You know who I'm talking about? That's pretty about? cool. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, she's going to be in it, and Vin Diesel and Guy Pearce, and I'll I'll fucking see it. Yeah, I'll probably you know? watch that too. I'll watch it. Yeah. Whatever, man. Um, I don't know when it's coming out, though. So, we'll have to look out for that. Sure. Um, 
I just hope, like, Find Me Guilty is basically the greatest thing Vin Diesel ever did. He did, like, Find Me Guilty and um, that, like, 20-minute short film he directed, Multifacial, I think it's called. I'm not familiar with either one of these. Is Find Me Guilty uh, some sort of um, judicial judicial system drama? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. He plays a mob boss who decides to defend himself. <laughs> and is so fucking great. I think it's a. I think it's based on a true story. Jackie DeNorskio. Okay. And he's just like. I mean. We should watch this as like an in, one of the in betweeners. I'd be really I think down. I put actually. it on on the Patreon poll. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in on those polls, you can throw us a buck or two at patreoncom slash no one likes to tune a podcast. But um, yeah, he plays uh, a gangster who defends himself in court and is just like it's 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 truly it's magic. Mm-hmm. He's so good, basically. Um, and it's unlike any Vin you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like a character I would ever see him in, but so I'm glad this exists, and I would love to watch this. Yeah. Uh, and Multifacial is a short film he made basically by himself, where he is a sort of ambiguously ethnic actor. Like Vin, It's sort of based off of his experience auditioning for m- movies, uh, and he's sort of ambiguously... The, you know, ethnic and like the experience of sort of having an ambiguous type look in the movie industry and like the experience of auditioning and hustling as an actor and trying to do that, hmm. basically. And coming at it from that perspective of like a multi ethnic appearance. Um, yeah, which is a great. He directed and wrote it and started it, and it's fucking great, hmm. basically. It's 20 minutes long. Great. Um, so if anybody hasn't seen that, I would definitely uh, watch it. But I know we know that Spielberg watched that short, and um, that's how he got the role in Saving Private Ryan. Wow! Which was his big breakout. Wow! I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, placing this in the, in the in the in the beginning yeah. in the beginning of Vin's career, he made this short. So interesting. Yep. Cool. Yep. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, do it, my man. Yeah. I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in a long time, too. That might be worth a rewatch. I'm not sure if I ever watched the whole thing. I think I was too young when it came out. Yeah, I was pretty young when it came out, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, you want to do shout-outs? We have a segment on this podcast called Shoutouts. Shoutouts. And um, sometimes we're able to sync up our voices to exclaim that in unison, but not this week. Sometimes it exists in echo. What it is, well, these movies have a lot of product placement in them. We decided to have a little free product placement here on the pod. We just talk about things, life experiences, people, history, brands, mm-hmm. whatever we're going for these days. Um, Daryl, what do you want to shout out to this week? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Amazon gets a lot is getting a lot of uh, criticism these days because it's incredibly uh, environmentally damaging. Yeah, but. 
I'm an Amazon Prime member. <laughs> <laughs> but? But? I, I don't use, give a shit. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I'm an Amazon person. And it's great. And um, they're continuing to improve their service as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, man. How so? Uh, uh, so, a part of Amazon has always been um, free delivery, free returns. And I'm kind of the type of guy that doesn't return a whole lot of stuff. I'll just, like, either suffer through it or I'll just, like, if it's, yeah, if it's a relatively low cost item, I'll just, like, give it away. I'll just, like, whatever. Like, I guess that's yeah. a very wasteful way to sure. approach it. Um, sure. But um, if I ever needed to return something, it was always difficult to like find a package and like drop it off somewhere. But um, to me, at least, I had to uh, return an item recently, and I real and I, uh, part of their new return service is that you don't need to package it, you don't need a label, you just drop it off at the UPS store. No. Yeah, and they just it doesn't need any packaging. You just show up. They give you like a QR code for them to scan. Boom, it's done. And I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty convenient. <laughs> that's incredible. It's pretty convenient." And I'm very impressed. I, and it just snuck up. They didn't announce it. They just like it's there. And now that's how I can return an item, which is I'll say I'll say this about the old Glamazon.com. Ignoring the environmental impact. Which is a hard thing to do. And ignoring the human impact of, like, you know, like, making warehouse workers, like, piss in their pants while they're walking, you know, or they're trying to, like, meet their quotas and shit like that. Um, Amazon has is a, is a company that I have felt, like, consistently improved their product in meaningful ways on the consumer side. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, I, I I just get that like some some brands some companies like they make a really great product, and then they don't really know what to do and they feel like they have to keep fucking with it. Basically, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I am a Dropbox subscriber and have been and like I just my whole life is tied up in Dropbox. But like Dropbox continues. I've never seen a company make itself into more of a dog shit product. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. and just like every. They just had like a great service and then continued to tweak stuff in a way that is honestly like just a nightmare for me to deal with every day now, you know, in terms of like how files sync to my computer and like what files are stored locally and what files are not stored locally and, you know, conflicting files and like, you know, mm-hmm. it just, I just hate it. I just hate it. But Amazon, like every time I ha- Amazon changes something, I'm always like, oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, that works fine for me. Same even day delivery? St- even the stuff you're skeptical about, like, oh, um, deliver groceries? Like, nobody's ever going to do that. I did it one time. Awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, it's great. It's really, yeah, it's really, you're like, oh, shit, why wasn't I doing this four years ago? Exactly. <laughs> like, you know? My chump ass is walking two blocks over here to the grocery store and hauling my own goods. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And I used to live in a place that didn't get, didn't have many grocery stores near them, and I just like never did the grocery delivery thing. 
mm-hmm. basically. It was always impossible for me to get to the grocery store. But I eventually got a car, and like that just changed my whole shit around, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I guess shout out to Amazon. Shout out to Amazon. If not the entirety of Amazon, at least their newly improved return process because that yeah. shit rules it's just yeah big props great yeah yeah um hey i'm gonna cut right to the chase with my shout out mm-hmm. i went on my first roller coaster this week first ever first ever bro wow <laughs> first ever let's talk about intensity here or i mean mm-hmm. or not maybe very even, not very intense uh what well, has kept you from well, riding okay yeah, okay. You tell me. You tell me. No, no, no. I, I, well, okay. What stopped me from riding roller coasters in the past is uh, absolute fear, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just complete abject terror. Uh, and not even, like, wanting... I don't even put on a bravado about it. I'm, like, I'm scared shitless of roller coasters. Mm-hmm. I remember a time where you and I and a few of our compatriots went to Coney Island together. Mm-hmm. And everyone went on the cyclone, except for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Nick didn't go on the cyclone because Nick was scared. Uh-huh. And that the cyclone is a special case because it's like the most rickety-ass piece of dog shit in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's no loops on the cyclone. It's just like two hills. Right. Right? But supported by toothpicks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> supported by balsa wood. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, I didn't go on the cyclone then. I've been to Six Flags, New England, many times in my mm-hmm. life. I'll hit a water slide, no problem, right? Okay. Uh, but a roller coaster, I just don't do. Yeah, it's just not something I do. So uh, this yesterday, no Saturday, uh, for me, I went. It was my um, a girlfriend Ellie's birthday. Ooh, nice. Yeah, we decided to go to the theme park. Uh, so we we went, and there's like one in New Zealand, and it's pretty close. And we went, and there's like one big roller coaster there, right? There's like a fear fall, and there's like a bunch of swing rides, like big, scary swinging rides. Mm-hmm. But then there's one big roller coaster. Ooh, yeah. What's, what's this roller coaster called? Fucking great question. <laughs> the biggest roller coasters have to have the scariest names. Um, Vortex. It definitely had a scary type name, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to like quickly look it up. Mm-hmm. Vortex. Medusa. Corkscrew yeah. Coaster. Not yeah, scary. It's just called the Corkscrew Coaster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, not scary at all. Not mm-hmm. a scary name. Um, there were definitely some rides with scary names, like um, Stratosphere. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be going there right one. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway. Um, it was definitely like... It was scary. There's one loop-de-loop, <laughs> and then there's a double corkscrew. Yeah. Uh, and... I fucking hated all three of them. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I hated it the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do want to say, like, a good experience. I, I'm shouting out this is a positive shout out because I think it was a like, good experience to have going on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, 
go on the roller coaster, basically. Do it at least once. Right. You know? I did not have the effect of, like, people say you go on once and then, like, you're super scared, but then you go on and you're like, you just want to do it over and over again. Not my experience. Not the case. I was good with just the one time. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, yeah, you got the key items there. Big drop, loop-de-doop, corkscrew, corkscrew. Like, that's sort of it as far as roller coasters are concerned. Yeah. I feel like that's all they got, basically. Yeah. On my end, like, I don't think I'll ever go on another roller coaster. And... Ever? I don't think so. I don't, like... Ever? Ever? Maybe ever. I look. I don't see right now any reason why I would want to go on a roller coaster. And like as a teenager, I went on a lot of them, and I was and it was really fun. And I went on such fairs as the Demon and Invertigo and the Top Gun roller coaster. Really fun. Like the whole waiting in line, whatever your friends. Like the whole amusement park amusement park thing. I was into it. It was great. Right. Um, but that was when I was a teenager. And yeah, you're fearless. And I'm fearless. But now as an adult and I think about roller coasters, I think about like the just like the mindless teenagers that are operating those things and the uh, I just I don't trust them, you know? And yeah. I think of all the stuff that can go wrong on a roller coaster and I don't want to put my life in the hands of a uh carnival worker, unfortunately. Well, to me, there's a big... I mean, I, there probably isn't a big difference. There's, But to me, there's a difference between a carny mm-hmm. that runs rides at, like, a three-county fair, mm-hmm. you know, and a, like, amusement park operator. They're not operators, Who has, like, though. a full-time job. No, that's not their full-time job. That's the whole thing. It's like they're working there. <laughs> they're season- they're, they're, yeah, like you're working there. You're a seasonal person, and you're there. And just like every other, like, mm-hmm. person that age, you're just, like, sort of don't give a shit when you're not at work. And that well, kind of spills here, over. Yeah. Rainbow's End, the theme park, stays open in the winter because it's not that cold. Uh-huh. So it it is a full-time, at least, park. I don't know if they're... Positions are always full time. Mm-hmm. You know, I like. I'll make. I'll even make it more personal. Like I wouldn't like if I were myself at let's call it twenty. You know, working yeah. at an amusement park, I wouldn't trust myself if I today were working. If I no. were riding a roller coaster that were operated by myself at age twenty. You know what? They're all actually. I fucking would. I trust <laughs> me. I would trust me. I just feel like I would be I'm I'm so anxious inherently anxious about roller coasters. Right. Right. That like I would just I'd be so on top by the book. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd be so by the book. I think it's one of my best qualities is I'm pretty by the book mm-hmm. kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like when I've shot guns in my life, I'm like gun safety like I'm I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm very by the book on gun safety. I'm very by the book on anything like completely hazardous or dangerous or whatever. I'm like got to do it by the book. Mm-hmm. You know? Like obey the rules. Right. The rules are here for a reason, people. And but it's not to be broken. I it's I to agree. be followed. I agree. I agree on the rules. I think I like I even if I was trying to do my best job as a 20-year-old roller coaster operator, I just yeah. think that like as far as the inspections and just like there's just I don't have enough I wouldn't trust myself to like be able to also react appropriately in an emergency roller coaster situation 
or to recognize things that were wrong that I should have recognized that like you know could cause yeah. a roller coaster to be broken. Yeah, I mean I I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I just think I'd be like a pretty by the book guy and I think I'd do a good job, basically. I wouldn't be messing around. I wouldn't be mucking right. around and I wouldn't be overstepping my you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. my ba- if I thought something was maybe amiss, I'd be making phone calls. Right? Shut I'd it be down. like this yeah. this is shut down. We're right. making phone We're calls. Good. I Sorry, wouldn't guys. be come back. It's for your own safety. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I read this thing yesterday. <laughs> It's a little out of, off topic, but like, did you see this Mad Mike Hughes thing? Mm-mm. All right, so this is kind of sad, but like a dude, a very flat Earth dude, a, a flat Yikes. earther uh-huh. who was like had a couple profiles on the Science Channel. Uh, his like idea for like disproving or like proving flat Earth is like go up in a rocket and like look around, right? <laughs> like okay. that's his best thing. So he like. Instead of he like made himself a rocket, Ugh. like slapdash, okay. made himself a rocket, and then yesterday he launched himself up on it, and then the parachute fucked up, and he super died. Damn! Like, yeah, there's a video out there on Twitter. I'm not gonna like whatever, but it's it's pretty it's intense. Man. Yeah, it's really fucked up. And so it's like, why you like? I don't trust me to engineer anything pertaining to my whole to my life or mm-hmm. mortality you know there's people who is are very good at that and i'm not one of them mm-hmm. so like let's follow the rules and trust the people who know what they're talking about uh and that's the best we can do you know as i grow older and become more attuned to my own fragile mortality uh you know i just have to I just have to like play it by the book. Mm-hmm. I can't like I can't take all these like silly. I can't get on a skateboard anymore. Mm-hmm. Be crazy, mm-hmm. you know. So it's the type of thing where you yeah you have to be honest with yourself to a point where you're just like I'm not gonna fake it. Like I don't know how to pack a parachute, so I'm not gonna fake it and pretend that like whatever I think yeah. is probably the way to the way that it yeah. goes. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um. R.I.P. Man, Mike Hughes. Mm. FYI. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else we want to talk about with this uh, Furious Seven? Mm. Uh, what else I got here? Uh, I I feel like I learned recently, and I I don't think I ever thought about it wholly, but uh, when a car goes up in the air, if it's usually it's typically launched off of a ramp, or if it's you're traveling at high velocity over a bump or something, um, when cars land, uh, mm-hmm. if you think about uh, Suki, for example, coming off that bridge, they yep. nosedive most of the time. And if it is a front engine vehicle, but uh, one of the things that I learned recently is that it, if it's a front engine vehicle, but also it's the forward motion of the wheels that drives the car to nosedive forward oh like it's spinning the air it's spinning the air it's spinning like the air, but downward force it's just downward. like the yeah it's just like the circular forward motion if you think of like a a rolling can for example as that thing 
yeah, as I don't know what to call it, uh, physics wise, as it continues to move forward, it pulls itself forward. And so even though as the car sort of like becomes, yeah, it goes in the air and it, uh, it's, con- yeah, the forward motion of the wheels rolls it forward. So the entire oh. car rolls forward and that's what Very causes that nosedive. And I was thinking about that in terms of a, a lot of the airborne cars that we see in these movies. Suki's ones, uh, Suki's S2000 comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. In the last movie, uh, the Ford Escort uh, on the um, Spanish highway, right? He takes a big jump, nosedives forward. Even the classic yep. uh, drag race in Fast and Furious 1, everybody's yep. nosediving forward. Yes. Um, and I thought I was thinking about that in particular because... Like in hypersport between tower one and tower two. Yes, that is true. Not enough forward motion at the kind of speed that they're generating to get across the tower two. They for sure would have rolled over before they ever made it across. Not that not that, that thing actually happened. What about like, our guy? What about our guy? <laughs> What's our guy's name? I know you know his name. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Um uh in he's from Too Fast, our like stunt performer who crashes into the log in this oh, movie. Oh yeah. Um John Sentatiempo. Yeah, John Sentatiempo. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't yeah. really roll forward either. Uh-huh. But I guess he rolls forward enough for the log to smash through the window into his face. That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah. Um I'm if this was not as stacked a year in 2017 for VFX, I really think it could have got an Oscar nom, at least, mm. mm-hmm. for for the Paul face replacement. It's really good. I mean, I'm a person who's particularly sensitive to the face replacement things. Mm-hmm. And they it is a lot of this movie is face replacement with Paul. Um, and voice modulation, which I did listen actually pretty closely. I was trying to listen closer and see if I could catch some of the voice modulation. Mm-hmm. And you can you can spot it, but it is good, right? Mm-hmm. Like the audio mixers did a fucking great job, and the VFX people, like honestly, I, did you see The Irishman this year? I did. Yes. This movie's way fucking better than the Irishman <laughs> with the face. With the face. I mean, my favorite. Obviously, my favorite thing is the shit on the Irishman because I think it's just a piece of garbage. But yeah, yeah. But uh, but I think the face replacement is so good in this movie. They really spent a long time doing it, and um, but unfortunately, like I'm gonna read out the Oscar noms for. Mm-hmm. 2017 for VFX War for the Planet of the Apes which is like full body motion capture you Uh, know Andy Serkis true true Uh, true those apes are like completely CGI with all the hair and wrinkles and shit but they're actually humans that have weird stilts on on their yeah yeah but that's just the mocap that's just for the motion ah still though pretty wild yeah pretty scary stuff to have to learn yeah, true. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which is like a VFX-heavy movie, you mm-hmm. know? At least, mm-hmm. like, if, even if it's not groundbreaking, like, I feel like the Oscars lean towards movies that are, like, heavy in VFX, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that mm-hmm. Furious 7 isn't. There's probably just as much VFX works in Furious 7 as there is in Star Wars, but, you know, it's sci-fi and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. 
Kong Skull Island, which is another Andy Circus mocap crazy monkey versus dinosaur, you know, shit. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I honestly think is probably, like, should have been knocked off this list in favor mm. of Furious 7. Mm. I mean, I didn't really, like, it's not a memorable movie in my yeah. mind. Did you did you see that one? I think I did, and I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty yeah. sure that was an airplane airplane watch for me. Uh, big year for um, uh, fuck, what's his name, Mister Nobody. Hmm. Um. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Also in Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Two. Hmm. Um. And the winner of the 2017 Oscar for VFX is Blade Runner 2049. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. There you go. <laughs> totally true. I didn't even think about that. Harrison Ford. So maybe that's a premonition. Maybe he'll do like a secret cameo in <coughs> Furious 9 or Fast 9 or whatever. Still be so sweet. Um, I just think like the care. I know I'm biased because I've seen this movie 70 fucking times or whatever. But I do feel like the care and attention to the visual effects in this movie are is extremely impressive Mm -hmm. you know because they don't have the luxury of it being a space alien environment totally like what they have to do is they have to make it look like realistic people and cars and real environments and totally that's more difficult I would think. They had to make Ronda Rousey look like she knows how to act at all. <laughs> which she obviously doesn't. Uh-huh. You know? I think as far as the uh, Paul Walker um, face plant, uh, I think the one that stood out to me, which I hadn't really noticed before, is that the, the shot, um, uh, as they're leading up to the final L.A. scene, where they're standing on that, kind of highway rail in a row and it gets the side profile face which is used for all the advertisements i'm pretty sure that was a cgi paul walker i'm oh, sorry so, can you wait which was the cgi paul walker so when they in the right before they're like we got to take this back to home so they bring it back to la yeah. and they expect mose to come with the uh, god's eye and everything yeah they're standing there across a kind of like a highway rail looking out to downtown la very yeah. similar to the opening Fast and Furious 1, like Eclipse, he's kind of testing the, uh, yeah, his, yeah, his Eclipse top speed at the, it looked like a maybe Dodger Stadium or something. Um, yeah. They're standing along a similar rail, if not the same one. Um, but they're standing there and they, uh, the first shot, I think shows, like, comes from behind. Or maybe it shows the side profile first. I don't remember what the order was, but then it shows them from behind that they're all standing facing facing toward downtown LA but that particular lineup of the crew um, is the one that was used in the Fast and the Furious advertisements totally yeah yep. right they're all standing over there but i'm yep. pretty sure that was a CGI Paul Walker because they flash it and they show him as the guy on the end and then there's voiceover where Paul Walker is saying something related maybe that's where the phone call is happening as well but they're like they're doing that at the same time, but they flash him in the back, and then there's Paul Walker um, voiceover for that. I was like, wow. I was like, as far as the hero sh- yeah, advertising shot for this movie, like, yeah, that appears to be a uh, 
CGI Paul Walker. Well, first of all, I just want to say, because I know people are going to bust my child, I'm an idiot and got the year of this movie wrong. And so, like, the Oscar category that I just read out is completely irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, but it did lose to some heavy hitters, like Ex Machina won that year, and mm. uh, Mad Max, and The Martian, The Revenant. Mm. Like, oh Revenant? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like that bear. The fucking bear is all yeah. CGI, so it's like, yeah. you know. And then Star Wars also. So. Right. Ex Machina. I get it, but... All they had know. to do was animate sort of one cyborg. No, Ex Machina is an amazing piece of visual effects. Work. Mm-hmm. Their whole bodies are like FBFX, mm. like all those see-through robot bodies and shit like that. Mm. It's all like done. The face replacement on those—it's pretty incredible, actually. Yeah, okay. there's some breakdowns on YouTube about how the Ex Machina VFX were done. Mm-hmm. Um. Anywho, uh, the what was I gonna say? The I think I have like a thing for you though on that. Um, on that piece, this the sort of the hero shot being CGI Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it's fucking all CGI Paul Walker. You know, well, it's like yeah. I think it's just. I really think they just redid the whole movie Whoa. with his CGI face. Even stuff like um, like when they blew up Dom's house and like the yep. like the phone call with Mia. No yep. way. Yep. No. Almost positive, dude. Phone call with Mia had to, like, I don't know. I I guess that makes, like, I guess so. Why would they film that scene if it wasn't real? I think it's all CGI and voice modulated. I think, like, just the the vast, vast majority of it is, like, CGI and voice modulation. Wow. I can't prove this in any discernible way. Like, I'm not, first of all, I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a super trained eye in terms of trying to f- find out all mm-hmm. that stuff. But um, if you, you, there's just a little bit of blurriness around Paul Walker all the time that is like, well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what's happening here? But it's really, really great visual mm-hmm. effects, sort of, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, anyway, let's can it there. What do you say? I think so, too. It's a good spot. Cool, man. Um, well, if you want to reach out to us, uh, we are on Twitter at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T. Uh, we got uh, an Instagram. No one likes to do yep. the podcast. Uh, we got Facebook, facebook.com slash no one likes to tune a podcast. And you can email us, no one, looks at, no one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com. We also, and I just, I just want to sh- give a big shout out to Fredo and Steph, uh, our two patrons on Patreon. We haven't been like posting a lot of stuff up there, and it's time to sort of get back on that mm-hmm. wagon. So apologies, but also no, there's some stuff upcoming. And Daryl, you got to design those fucking t-shirts, bro. Hell yeah, I think about them yeah. all the time. I don't do it, yeah, but I think about it. it all the time, and it'd be sweet. Just do it. Take an hour one day and just make up a little design and I'll pop it on some t-shirts. We'll send them out. Sick. Sick, man. All right. Well, I will talk to you next week and I hope you have a good one. Sounds good, man. Till next time. Peace.